Hello and welcome to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alerts podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Hood. And I'm Destiny Muller. On today's episode, we'll look at which Missouri startups could benefit from a new bill working its way through Congress, promoting science and technology research and development and manufacturing in the U.S. And later, we'll hear from Black entrepreneurs in Kansas City about systemic inequalities affecting Black-owned businesses in their community. We'll also have this week's headlines, digits, and other startup news you need to know. So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. Now, if you are a regular listener to Speaking Startup, you might notice something new this episode, and that is that Destiny and I are not Jack and Casey, believe it or not. Yes, we are new reporters for the podcast for the summer, so you get to hear our lovely voices for the next couple months. Now, if you didn't catch it in the intro, I'm Emily Hood. I'm a social media manager and reporter at MBA covering government and entrepreneurship. I was born and raised in St. Charles, Missouri, and I've spent my entire life surrounded by entrepreneurs, both in my hometown and in my family. And I'm really excited to be here today, and I'm excited to continue telling stories of small businesses and startups in my home state. I'm Desi Muller, and I'm on the Economy and Entrepreneurship Beats this summer. Podcasts are probably my number one way I consume basically anything, so I'm so happy to get to be a part of this project and just excited for all the people across Missouri I'll get to speak to about things that are important to them. We are so excited to take over Speaking Startup and bring you the latest in entrepreneurship news. So speaking of that, let's get to this week's headlines. Kansas City area Neobank First Boulevard launched its beta banking app on Juneteenth. This app includes financial education modules, spending recommendations, and insights into purchases. It also includes a program that rewards members for making good financial decisions. The bank looks to cater to black customers who historically have struggled with a lack of access to banking services. So far, 200,000 people have signed up for the app's beta version, according to the company. The owners of Vine Street Brewing Company have plans to become the first black-owned brewery in Kansas City. Owners Kemet Coleman, Woody Bonds, and Elliot Ivory are finalizing paperwork in the next few weeks on a location in Casey's historic 18th and Vine Jazz District. A recent survey by the Brewers Association showed that black-owned breweries are uncommon in the United States. Only 1% of breweries across the U.S. are black-owned. We'll hear more about issues facing Black-owned businesses in Kansas City later in the podcast. St. Louis software startup Curate has raised more than $1.2 million from investors and plans to double its workforce. The company provides software to florists and caterers. Curate began after its CEO, Ryan O'Neill, saw the issues florists faced when preparing for large events. He said in an interview that they expect to see a growing demand for their services as events increase and COVID-19 restrictions ease. A new survey from LendingTree found that 25% of Americans wanted to start a business during the pandemic. Younger generations were the most passionate about becoming entrepreneurs. According to the survey, 37% of millennials and 30% of Gen Z have thought about starting a business in the past year. The biggest reason survey respondents wanted to become entrepreneurs was to give their lives more purpose. However, lack of access to funding was the primary reason why early entrepreneurs were unable to get their ideas off the ground.
So, Destiny, you've been talking to a lot of people about a bill passed by the U.S. Senate and making its way through the House. It's a, a pretty good time to be looking at the tech industry, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. The U.S. Innovation and Competition Act, or USICA, sources tell me it might just be the biggest bill boosting the science and tech sectors in the 21st century. What all does this bill touch on? What it doesn't touch on might be an easier question to answer. With a $250 billion price tag, it would give a huge $52 billion boost to the semiconductor industry. It would also touch on cybersecurity, buying American, and lots of funding going towards research and development for artificial intelligence, quantum computing, robotics, lithium-ion batteries, and more. I mean, this bill is chock full of stuff. But it hasn't been signed into law yet, right? No, it's making its way through the House right now, along with a few similar bills that have yet to be approved by the Senate. But all the various pieces of legislation aim to give America a competitive edge over China. It sounds like this bill is huge, but tell me, what does this have to do with entrepreneurs? Well, thanks to provisions in this bill, like a 30% increase in the budget for the National Science Foundation, it isn't just going to target big defense spenders like Boeing. Uh, supporters of the bill want all hands on deck to feed innovation in small pieces across the U.S. Does Missouri have a lot of science startups that are already going to benefit? Yes, and with this bill, there could be more to come. To learn more about what the legislation could mean here in Missouri, I spoke with Ben Johnson, the vice president of programs at BioSTL, a nonprofit that works to support startups and entrepreneurship in St. Louis. How does the U.S. Innovation and Competition Act fit into BioSTL's work? Most notably, we have been following something called the Endless Frontiers Act as a component of uh, USICA. Uh, and Endless Frontiers is focused on reauthorizing and expanding the National Science Foundation, helping generate additional ideas and new research as well as translating that innovation and bringing it closer to market. And a piece of that is working with the Department of Commerce on tech hubs, regional tech hubs that would foster innovation ecosystems outside of the coastal hubs. So where a lot of innovation now is concentrated in San Francisco and Boston and uh, maybe San Diego, New York, how can we in places like St. Louis and Kansas City and, and this across the state of Missouri build innovation hubs across the country. In past forms of USICA, like the Endless Frontiers Act, there was a $10 billion provision for creating 10 tech hubs across the U.S. It's still under review right now, but do you see St. Louis earning a seat at the table? Yeah, we, we feel strongly that St. Louis and Missouri more broadly um, can compete very strongly to potentially win one of these tech hubs. And we have the foundation for doing it, um, whether that's our established strengths in medical and plant sciences and the biosciences, um, or our emerging strengths in location sciences, geospatial, data sciences, artificial intelligence, the intersection of medical and agricultural sciences with location sciences. Um, we're also uniquely positioned to bridge urban-rural economies to take, for example, the ag tech innovation that's happening in St. Louis and bring it to growers and producers in rural markets that not only helps create new products, create more efficient fuel feed and fuel sources for the world, um, but also can drive economic activity in underserved rural communities as well as underserved urban communities. 
So we feel very strongly that if uh, the technology hubs component of Endless Frontiers in USICA um, is passed and the competition uh, happens, that St. Louis and Missouri more broadly will be very well positioned to compete for one of those awards. Out of the various subsectors of science and tech listed in the bill, in which ones are Missouri entrepreneurs the strongest? So we've seen an increasing number of entrepreneurs working in the health data space or the big data analytics space related to healthcare or, or agriculture, imaging and the use of imaging data in agriculture and field and crop sciences. Uh, and so, yeah, we see an increasing amount where historically St. Louis's strengths had been in small molecule chemistry drugs like you would go get from your pharmacy. And we have very strong entrepreneurs in that space. We're seeing a lot more that happens in the information sciences and biosciences enabled by information sciences. Having spent so much time with all these different startups, what homegrown innovations are you looking forward to most? Where I have seen very exciting things most recently is the application of some of these technologies and innovation in underserved communities. So how do we not just bring telemedicine and remote health app, iPhone applications, you know, visit your doctor on your phone. How do we not just bring those to company paid insurance providers? How do we bring those to federally qualified health centers in underserved urban communities or rural communities? So we have pilot projects uh, with innovation from across the globe through our global STL program where we are piloting remote health innovation in the federally qualified health centers. We see that in agriculture as well. Um, the intersection of location sciences and ag where we are piloting innovation with growers and producers to help them better understand crop yields and, uh, and plant, make better planting decisions that can increase the economics of the farm, increase the health of their food. Um, and make Missouri farmers more globally competitive. So the things that I am most excited about are those, where can we bring innovation really to solve both global challenges, but then local challenges where communities have often been left behind by innovation. Innovation can really be designed for and by those communities to help close economic gaps. Thanks, Ben. And we are now joined by Missouri Business Alert reporter Kaylee Allen. Last week, Kaylee attended a virtual event titled Black Entrepreneurship and the Importance of Giving Black. Could you tell us a little bit about the event, Kaylee? Sure. It was an innovation exchange, which is a series of events hosted by Startland News in Kansas City. Six panelists discussed their observations, ideas, and concerns about how racism affects Kansas City's creative and entrepreneurial worlds. For those who weren't aware, could you explain the phrase in the title of the event, Giving Black? Of course. Giving Black is the idea of supporting Black-led initiatives and the Black community. The panelists at the event discussed why Giving Black is important. And what were some of their key takeaways from the event? 
Many panelists discuss their frustrations with the lack of funding for black entrepreneurs. You know, uh, when, when you when you go and you try to get funding for uh, for just as a startup business in general, uh, if, you, if you try to get funding, a lot of places will require you to be in business for, you know, one to two years to have you know, a certain amount of uh, profitability and, 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 and all, all, all of that. If you take that and you look at also the strategic disinvestment in black communities, black wealth is still significantly lower uh, than, than white wealth uh, all around the country, but also here specifically in Kansas City. And so we know that by helping these businesses through grant funding, we, we, we can help them grow. That was Brandon Calloway. He's co-founder and CEO of Generating Income for Tomorrow, or GIFT, a nonprofit that works to provide grants to Black-owned businesses in Kansas City. Calloway and other panelists also expressed concern about a lack of resources for Black-owned businesses. Or give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, uh, you know, he eats for a lifetime, which sounds good and makes people feel really, really intelligent when they say it. Uh, but what if you give somebody, or if you you, uh, you teach somebody to fish, but you don't give them a fishing pole? Uh, like, what, what, what good have you done? So essentially, he's saying that knowing how to start a business isn't enough without all of the tools and resources to do it? Yes, and they discussed how a lack of those crucial tools and resources can often act as a barrier to entry for Black entrepreneurs. Quincy McNeil, a lawyer at Hush Blackwell, talked about efforts to provide pro bono services for Black entrepreneurs. Surround these businesses with the support they need because they need legal. It's a critical resource, but it's not just legal, right? Accounting is is a twin need. And finance, uh, at least at some point, becomes a twin need, access to capital. Uh, marketing becomes a twin need at a certain point. So we are trying to bring in uh, other resources to help these businesses to give them a real substantial lift. So if black entrepreneurs don't have access to resources, don't have access to capital, what can be some of the impacts on their businesses? McNeil said oftentimes new entrepreneurs will cut corners on things like lawyers and finance at the beginning in order to save on costs, which can have negative effects. Yeah, I, I could see how that would cause issues. And so, Kaylee, what did McNeil say we can do to help support black entrepreneurs? Supporting black entrepreneurs through funding, capital resources, and other things, McNeil said, can have a domino effect of positive change. Our effort is really about putting money in the hands of minorities by helping grow businesses. And the hope is that that business owner then will be a blessing to his diverse workforce, his or her diverse workforce, that diverse workforce then handing it down to their families, the families then can be a blessing to the community. I mean, we just think that is the foremost tool now in reversing these historic long, long-standing racial and economic disparities, place resources in the hands of minorities. And because what we will see is the development of these companies, the robust growth of these companies. Kaylee Allen, reporter at Missouri Business Alert, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me.
And now let's move on to our digits for the week. But first, Destiny, I wanted to ask, did you buy anything this week on Amazon Prime Day? Yes, I did actually. I bought some new blue light glasses to wear in the office. I liked them. I liked them. You know, I really should invest in some myself now that we're back in person in the office. But the reason I asked is because my digit is 1.9 billion, which is the amount of money customers spent on small business products in the two weeks leading up to Prime Day. 1.9 billion. That's a lot. What did Amazon do to promote small businesses? Amazon held a promotional event leading up to Prime Day that gave customers a $10 credit for every $10 they spent on small business products. This year's Prime Day was held on Monday and Tuesday. The company launched the summer sale in 2015 to attract new customers to its Prime subscription service and promote products on its platform. Destiny, what's your digit this week? My digit is... 78. 78% actually. I, I like the lead up there, but the, you know, that number could be about anything. It could be, but this one's actually inspired by Pride Month. You know how in the movies, whenever parents make a business that they love, they have their kids come and work for them while they're growing up, and then they say to them all the time, one day you're going to take over the family business. Yeah, and then the kid ends up wanting to be a singer or something instead of owning a sub shop. Yeah, exactly. Except Here's the thing. Most LGBT small business owners don't get to fight with their kids about them taking over the shop one day. 78% don't have a succession plan in place. Being less likely to have kids means they're less likely to know where their business is going to be when they get too old to run it. Yeah, wow. I mean, I can see how that decision would get complicated. Yeah, but I have confidence. If you can start a business, you can figure out where it's going next. Absolutely. And that just about wraps up our episode this week. We just need our closing thought. Here's Ave Stokes on the future of racial equity for Black-owned businesses in Kansas City. So we say, oh, well, you know, things will change someday. We've had a lot of some days. So when is, the, when is the right day? When is that someday that we keep talking about? That's all for this week's episode. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Destiny Muller, and Emily Hood. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. You can follow us on social media at Mo Business Alert. That's M-O Business Alert. And subscribe to the MBA newsletter on our website. Have a great week. Be sure to tune in next time, and thanks for listening.